Hi, I'm Sean L. McCarthy, founding editor of the Comics Comic, found wherever you can type the Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people's dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Auntie Donna is an Australian sketch comedy group that includes no aunts and no Donnas, but instead one Mark, one Broden, and one Zachary. They burst onto the comedy scene down under with their first show in 2012 at Melbourne's Comedy and Fringe Festivals, and have produced a new show each year since, taking three of them to the other side of the globe at the Edinburgh Fringe. They've accumulated almost 150,000 YouTube subscribers by the time they sat down with me at Showbiz Studios, where they're prepared to launch their first North American tour starting in May 2017. But first off, is it... Auntie Donna or Auntie Donna? So let's get to it! Alright, so last things first. In America, we sometimes say aunt and we sometimes say aunt. Mm. In Australia, do they say Auntie Donna or do they say Auntie Donna? Auntie Donna it's in Australia. Auntie. I didn't realize there uh, was wait. an auntie. Uh, wait, what did you just say? Auntie. Auntie. But uh, auntie. Or what auntie. It, the auntie? Auntie. auntie. The, uh, that's and, closer. Eh, uh, eh, uh, 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 auntie. Uh, auntie. Listen, just listen. Listen. Everyone's not focusing. Listen. Auntie. Auntie. Auntie Donna. Auntie Donna. Just with me. Ready? Uh, auntie. Uh, um, auntie Donna auntie. sounds like you 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 are against someone whose name is Donna, so that's, that's right. anti. Or I like, think of of antidote. Yeah, antidote. Do I have the antidote for that? Antidote. Yeah. yeah. Uh, antidote. Uh, on, on, antidote. Did you ever consider going by Belladonna? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, that was our first <laughs> choice. Six um, six years of like heavy, heavy, heavy thought into mm-hmm. that. Um, I rem- well, I don't even rem- remember the reason we chose not to go with Belladonna. We thought it was, uh, it was well, because I'm I'm Sicilian, and we just thought it was leaning too much to the Italian thing. Mm. Absolutely. Because we love pizza pie. We love pasta. We do love pizza pie, <laughs> and we do do a lot of Italian gear. Mm. In retrospect, we made a mistake not calling it Belladonna. <laughs> but I'm I'm much more of a fan of Auntie Donna. Auntie Donna is a great name. Auntie Donna. Yeah, it was after six years we were working with Belladonna, and we eventually said, no, I think we'd go with Auntie Donna. Well, I want to thank you guys, uh, Mark, Broden, and Zach. Yeah. Mark, Broden, and Zachary. You nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Wow, there you go. For joining me here uh, as part of your uh, first New York City expedition? First New York City expedition. Um, yes. We did our first ever show in New York last night. We did a little cheeky set, and it was really fun. It was the we, best. It was the best. Um, New York's New York. I I'm, I don't want to speak out of term here, but it's where it's at. Is it? Is that cool to say? Uh, I don't want to. I don't. I, if I can elaborate, sure, on that, please. Uh, New York is is hip and it's happening. Um, I don't. Is it so, okay? No, that's fine. Like, what, yeah, what, 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 what are you doing? I just wanted to say that, doing? like New York, um, it's a vibe. Yeah, okay. it's a vibe. It's a vibe. It's a definite vibe. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. What was it? The slipper, the slipper puppy, the slipper room, slipper the room. Slipper we we performed in a big slipper, in a big yeah. slipper. Um, we found this old slipper on the side of the road, and we we yeah. crawled into there. T.K. Eisner did a headline spot. 
Uh, TJ Miller, yes. TJ Miller was there from Deadpool uh, 1, 2, and the Yogi Bear tr- uh, yeah. trilogy. He's Seth just... Rogen was emceeing. Yeah. Seth Rogen emceed. Oh, he, he, yeah. he said we uh, were the best and he's going to cast us in his next movie. We're, we're, we're joshing. Although <laughs> uh, well, TJ Miller was there. No, TJ Miller was there. He, he was in, uh, really there. The weekly show Sweet. Yes. 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 It was a very, very, very cool room. Uh, yeah. If you're a New Yorker, you should go. It was just really... Really chill and really loose and really fun. It was very really kind of great cabaret. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, cabaret. The audience were just the best. They were just up for it because we we uh, we sometimes struggle a bit in Australia. We we don't really have um, variety rooms that happen every week. It's, it's usually just straight stand up. So whenever we go up to do a set, we you have to lump this like loud screaming mess that we do. That's us. Yeah. Into um into a into a, a stand up. Lineup, mm-hmm. uh, so it was really cool coming in and having like people doing songs and 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 having it be a mix. We really felt at home there on the stage and everything. It was it was great. Mm. How 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 does since this is just your second or third day in New York City and you're going to come back for your first North American tour mm-hmm. at the end of May? Mm-hmm. How does New York City match up with your preconceived notions? It's it's really cool. Uh, the thing I didn't know about New York is that every second day uh, there's torrential snow had, and yeah. that you can't walk around anywhere and the city becomes deserted. All I the thought photos it, I've seen, yeah. the streets are, are, are clear and clean, but no, you get here and, and there's just snow up to your ankles. And I, my impression of New York, mm-hmm. uh, just from the telly and the movies and, and sort of the New York books I read... We get, we get uh, picture books down Australia way where we get uh, what it's like up in the Big Apple's... Well, yeah. yeah, once a month a periodical makes its way over. Uh, and, and my impression from those periodicals was that New York had people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like four people and just a lot of snow. That's, 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 that's my yeah, so current to, impression. I, I think to say we've been lied to is, is fair <laughs> enough and, and then we come here. But maybe those are just old periodicals. Maybe maybe we just haven't been up to we, date with what New York's like. Mm, that's we true. Recently, post-war, World War II uh, recently, we just got the hamburger, which is an American It's favorite. delicious, Oh, we love way. this Thank hamburger so that the, you guys yeah. have brought to Australia. We're, we're happy to, to oblige. Thank you. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, well, it's for anyone who's not listening who hasn't had a hamburger before. It's like two sandwich breads and a bit of old beef in the middle. And you chomp that down and you head down you know, with your girl to the old sexy shop. You know why it's called the hamburger? Why? Originally it was made with um, 50 slices of ham. Well, actually, Mark, I think you'll Piled find... on top uh, of each other. <laughs> I think you'll find it's because it originated in the city of Hamburg where they would make no. uh, mincemeat patties. No, that's a lie. It was 50 slices of, of thinly shaved ham okay. piled on top of each other, and then they, uh, and then they minced well, the ham one day. Uh, Why don't we let the, uh, the, the wonderful American... Uh, well, it, I was, I was just, I was just uh, marveling in this and wondering how much of this tomfoolery your teachers in high school let you get away with. Tomfoolery is in hamburger history? Or, or as in shenanigans? As oh, in shenanigans. Improvised. Yeah. Fooling about. Riffing and well, it, I, this verbal is a, horseplay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a little known fact, but in Australia, um, one of our core subjects, so we have math, mm-hmm. we have English, we have geography, and one of our core subjects is tomfoolery. Mm. Uh, so they, that starts at six in the morning, and uh, the senior boys uh, will come in, and the junior tomfoolers, or we like to call them the dinghy boys, mm. They will prepare the room and they will wipe it down and prepare the uh, the ceremonial attire of the tomfooler, 
and then the senior boys will come in and the uh, junior boys will work as the assistants to the main tomfoolers. It's, it's very, very different. For, I grew up in Bush down Wagga Wagga Way and uh, our tomfoolery classes were a little bit differently. We'd walk into a room where a man named Tom would be chained to the floor. He was quite looked yeah. quite the fool, and Excuse then we just poke him and prod him. And point of clarification, yeah. Uh, Wagga mm. Wagga Way is that the street or the village? Wagga Wagga Way is just a bush. I swear, grow up. It's more of a way of backyard. life. Mm. Yeah. So it's a, it's a way. It's like if you walk to the beat of your own drum, and you're walking the Wagga Wagga Way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your your official bio says that you guys met in school, though. Uh, at, yeah. at, at university. Yeah, that, university. That needs clarification. Is I schooled these two and how it was done. Ah. Uh, yeah. That was that was rap school. He schooled us in rapping. Yeah, uh, we we were we 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 came together to do comedy. I tell you Brian what, said you got to know how to rap. Yeah, and before I met him, I was I was I couldn't get that piece of paper around the box. I was using ten pieces of tape. But Broden really sorted me out. You, he told me you're using more than three pieces of tape. You ain't rapping right. Uh, yes, but then we then we did go to school together mm. after I schooled them, um, and uh, we we hit it off. We uh, we we said hey. I know we're at school together. Mm-hmm. But like, this is a vibe. This, this is, is a such vibe. a vibe. Let's start sketch comedy. Let's do that in Australia for an amount of time. Accidentally get a following on YouTube. And then eventually tour to the UK and the US. <laughs> and so far, so good. I said, sign me up on that day. Mark was a little bit less keen at first. Yeah. Because he wanted to start a pizza pie shop in, in, uh, in Melbourne. I was just going to ask, what were your individual aspirations before you... Found each other and decided to. That was all hmm. about bringing deep, deep dish pizza up the Wagga Wagga Way, out mm-hmm. bush where I grew up. And because they don't have deep dish pizza there, they got thin dish pizza. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, you know, one thing about thin dish pizza. What? It's f- fucking rubbish. Yeah, it's a rubbish. Pizza. Can we swear on the podcast? You just did. Yeah, <gasps> you can beep that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had thin dish pizza. It's been going around. This is, oh, as soon mm-hmm. as I saw a deep dish pizza, mm-hmm. I was like, "Man, we've been doing the dish not deep enough." No, that was my that was my initial reaction. If I'm going to be honest, this came in a Chicago periodical. It came in 1998. It was the hip new way of doing pizza. Was the it the Pizzeria dish. Uno newsletter? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah, it actually yeah, was. Familiar yeah, yeah. with the Pizzeria oh, Uno? Yeah. Oh wow! Well, I mean, yeah. in America, you have sh- uh, fierce debates over pizza. Right in wow. New York, it's about the thin slice. Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. In Chicago is a deep dish. In yeah. Australia, we actually uh, we our pizzas are just a live kangaroo that you've got to catch. That's our version. That's of how the we pizza. started it. But You're we just down. went. We went. No, we're doing deep dish, and I tell you what, we're doing a six foot deep dish pizza now up mm-hmm. in Wagga Wagga. It'll blow your mind. Wait. So if pizza is a kangaroo, mm-hmm. then shrimp on the Barbie is a hat. It's a hat. It's That's a, the big misconception. Well, it's right. a type of hat. It's not. It's not one hat. Which is why my first question was about how people pronounce your your name. And, and that, it's, and that yeah. name being We're language. Auntie Auntie Which is our name. So this is to stop the tomfoolery for yes. a moment. So Americans pronounce uh, Auntie two ways. They don't usually say e. They usually just say aunt or aunt. Aunt. Depending on perhaps your the of region course. of the country mm. you're from. Mm. But mm. aunt, I, I didn't really realize aunt but there, was a way to pronounce ant. Ant, yeah. Maybe it's to uh, differentiate from the insect ant. That's true. I'm glad that's a case. It does happen in Australia. There's a section of Australia called Adelaide where mm-hmm. Ben Folds lived for a while. And of they, the trio. And uh, 
and a successful solo career post trio. Was there five people in Ben? There Folds? was. There was the the gag. Okay, sorry, I just need to clarify. Cinco. So even Cinco de Benfolds. Yes. Cinco de Benfolds. Uh, so no. if you were from the Adelaide region, yeah. you would if you were going to a dance, you would say you're going to a dance. Right. And if you were in Melbourne, you'd say I'm going to the dance. You'd be going mm. to a castle, not a castle. And obviously that uh, there is that dialect also you know happens over in the US of A. Wait, does that come down from the Queen Mum? The Queen Mum, yes. Uh, the Where she Sarah schedules Pe- things instead of schedules things. Uh, yeah, schedule. Schedule. Are, you, are you familiar with the Royal We? Uh, uh, we we. Yes, the Royal <laughs> We is uh, is in in no. English language is when you say we meaning I, I believe. We believe. Is yeah, that because the Royal We. I meaning when I. The Queen never refers to herself as I. She is the she nation. Represents. She is the monarch. Yeah. She is the Commonwealth. She's speaking for everyone. She's speaking oh. for Justin Trudeau. She's speaking for bloody Broden Kelly down in Melbourne. She's speaking for... Papua New Guinea Papua people. New Guinea people. She's speaking for someone in New Zealand. She's speaking for Taika Waititi. Mm. Taika Waititi, the director of Thor, Magna Rock. Mm. Uh, she's speaking for everyone. So when Ragnarok. she says, we will have a coffee... She Ragnarok. she's saying, Ragnarok? "Give us a coffee, Ragnarok. love." Ragnarok, Ragnarok, not Magnarok. I'm so Ragnarok. we're confusing the producer. Can we get some clarity on that? <laughs> he's, he's is, it Ragnarok? is it Ragnarok yeah. or Magnarok? No, you're Ragnarok. just getting confused. Ragnarok. Ragnarok is from a volcano. Ragnarok. Yeah. Whoa, Black Betty. Ragnarok. I'm I'm really looking forward to that movie. I think it's going to be better than Captain America: Bovril War. Anyway. Yeah. Guys, my question to you... Is that what though, they say civil in... Pardon? They say Bovril? We say Bovril. Yeah. Bovril. It because was it wasn't recalled. very civil. Well, it was civil. It was, but yeah. they renamed it in Australia to Bovril War just to try and sell a few more tickets. In, in what my, is Bovril? It's, well, it's a, a reference to... It's an English beef tea that was very popular during the Second World War when rations yeah. were low. You would oh. get a... Uh, you would get government cheese, and was, you would yeah. get you would get very small rations, and you'd get a beef tea. Like they a they beef changed paste they changed a fair bit in the water. movie just to sort of relate it back to us. So in that scene at the end where um, uh, Tony uh, Tony Collette is it Tony mm-hmm. Collette Tony Collette Tony yeah. Stark. Sorry, I get them oh, confused. Tony all Collette, the, time. the star of uh, Little Miss Sunshine, she's yeah. the wife next to Greg Kinnear in that movie. Yeah, Tony so when six feet under, when no, Iron no, no, when Iron Mang finds out that Tara. His parents. Yeah. Oh right, we're we're killed by uh, uh, what's his face. We're killed by the guy with the metal arm that no one gives a shit about. Captain America's Bucky. brother. Yeah, Bucky. Bucky, Bucky. Right. Um, instead yeah. of Spo- in- uh, spoiler, these are spoiler alerts. If you haven't, oh, spoiler, spoiler. Uh, Captain but, America: Bovril War. Bovril Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of instead of basically the only mm-hmm. thing they changed is instead of Bucky riding a um, motorcycle, he's. He's just sitting on a jar of bovril. Mm. He's just drinking a little mug of beef tea. And he goes, this beef tea makes me feel warm inside. Well, as long as we're talking history, I would. Mm. I mm. am curious to know what your individual aspirations were before oh, yes. of course. deciding Sorry. to fall Sorry. in as a comedy sketch yeah. trio. So, uh, well, funnily enough, me and Mark shared the same vision, but it was quite different. So we talked a little bit about Mark's goals to have a pizza pie shop. Mm-hmm. I was a bit more traditional. I wanted a like the traditional Australian pizza pie shop, which is just a field of kangaroos that I run around trying to catch a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, "You're fooling yourself." But I, you it know, will that, never work. It's still a passion for me. It's just a field of kangaroos. Uh, Broden, sorry. Uh, I wanted to open. Uh, mine was a bit different to both of yours. Mm. I had the ambition to just set up a little mum and pop pizza pie store mm. oh, wow. in Melbourne. What? Um, 
What? I didn't know this. I, I, I wanted did to we make... all... Oh, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah. I was. I just wanted to make big old pizza pies for anyone. I, who... I'm not... You might find this surprising, Zach. Well, I'm a little I'm a little taken back by it. You know that's always been my dream. I thought when you said pizza pie, I thought you were talking about the roux boy industry. Get catching roux, selling them out to the art, into the international markets, making them San Francisco zoo roux. You're a joke. Get your own dream. That's all I'm saying. I've wanted to make pizza pie since early this morning, Mark. It's true. He told me about it around 11, I just like to 11 a.m. Move on. Okay. <laughs> So, so you you you're in the field, and there's like mm-hmm. three or four kangaroos, and you just like uh, a lot of people like to wear a hat, and you're just running around trying to catch kangaroos, and just with both your arms. It's a great way to enjoy pizza with your friends. Well, how do you how do you make that sharp curve from making pizza pies to making sketch comedy? Yeah, that's a great question. <sighs> They're very Jeez. similar in a lot of ways. I guess it's like. Say you're a button-down insurance salesman from New York City. You're working nine to five. You've got, you got three mouths to feed back Ugh. home. One's the wife, yeah. one's the two kids, and tell you what, they love that new Nintendo Snitch. I think that that person has a funny story to tell. Mm-hmm. I think uh, everyone has a funny story to tell, whether it's pizza pie makers, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, insurance sh- broker Jim. Mm-hmm. I think there's a story to tell uh, everywhere, and I think we had a story to tell, and that story was we wanted to do sketch comedy. You've got to understand, in Australia, sketch comedy is a f- y- y- traditionally a field of crocodiles that you're trying to catch. I looked it up on Wikipedia, and it, and mm. it pretty yeah. much resembled you, you seen that. this? Yeah. Well, in, in, in the fact that no one has heard of Australian sketch comedy. That's right. That's and right. because <laughs> anyone that's gone to see it... <laughs> Has died. Yeah. They get eaten up by the. Oh, that, well, that would explain it. Then. By the crocodiles. That's why I wouldn't have heard, it's a dangerous heard about industry. It. It's something you'd have to be crazy. But to there's get not. Into. There's not really a rich tradition of sketch comedy mm. coming out of Australia. No, there's pro- pro- no, maybe not coming out of Australia. There are there are people throughout the last few decades that have done sketch very well, mm-hmm. but it's not a. It's not a. Um, I mean, there are characters. There's have... like Dame Edna, isn't Dame yeah, Edna? Dame Edna. 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 Yeah, Dame Edna. Can I tell you someone? But, you you know, in your your movies, you go see him at the. You go down to the local East Village cinema and you watch him with your big bucket of popcorn often, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't know he's one of Australia's best comedic sketch men. You, mm-hmm. you watch. I know the, where this is The going. other Boylan girl, aren't you? But yeah, yeah. you're talking about Hugh Jackman. No no, 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 no. He's just a he's just a consummate. Australia's greatest actor is one of the greatest Australian sketch comedian, and his <laughs> name is Eric Banner. This is true. Oh. Eric Banner started off uh, in sketch comedy. He was in the movie Funny People. He, he was yeah. in Funny People, yeah. but he's never really. Ironically, that was, was in Troy. He was not that funny in that film. Oh, he had a funny character. Yeah, and he showed real football, AFL football, in that film. Yeah, he was in Troy. Yeah, but that's not known that. That's a sketch comedy. But no, this is... Oh, this is, maybe, no, this is maybe true. I would like it more this if is, I watched it as This a is not comedy. a word of a lie. He was one of our biggest right. sketch performers. No, I believe you at this point. And yeah, then he... Yeah. Uh, and then We're he, not lying. I, and then he did a serious I was suspending film. my belief for a good portion of this, but I am, <laughs> I am back in the game now. You're back in the back game. Back in the game. Uh, and for any of our listeners, I reward you for sticking around. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much, everyone. Uh, yeah, but no, like uh, it, it's not like it's not like America. It's, there's no sketch rooms. Right. There's not a, there, there has not been a lot of sketch on TV over the last ten years. So it sort of came from nothing. And, and so, uh, could you have done it? Could you have done what you've done so far, even without YouTube? Or that's oh, a good point. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think it would have been harder. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been much harder. And uh, and thankfully we've had uh, YouTube there to really sort of support us and push us through. And it's 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 allowed us to uh, not have to start from scratch audience right. wise 
in every city of Australia. There's only like six of them. Yeah, um, like it, it, obviously over here you've got UCB and Second City and the you know Olympus being you know SNL that you know every Saturday oh, night. SNL, a, yeah, you know sketch. Uh, so I guess from our perspective, we came with that influence happening. We get a fair bit of American TV in Australia, mm-hmm. so it's like more than Australian TV. And as much Amer- American TV as we get, we probably get as much UK TV. So we're being influenced as much by SNL as we are by Monty Python right, or this- Fry and Laurie as much as we are by, uh, yeah, like, uh, you know, Kids in the Hall and things like that. So uh, what I guess what we feel like we've come at it from a pretty different angle to everyone else. And when we there's not that much sketch in Australia, so we've had to try and find a way to make people think it's okay what we're doing when we uh, get up at Comedy Festival. Were you doing a lot of live shows before YouTube or was YouTube yeah, happened live first? first? Live and then YouTube happened. So where where would you go to perform? Well, what, was, what was the scene like for trios? Yeah, well, thankfully, there's uh, we have a, a, a beautiful festival in Melbourne and, and we all uh, grew up in different parts of Melbourne uh, called the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, uh, which is like the third biggest comedy festival yeah, it's, in the world. it's huge. It's, mm. um, it's amazing. So th- that's where we started. That's where we cut our teeth. Like, we literally uh, applied and then um, hadn't written, pretty much hadn't written a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got this amazing venue, like the comedy festival gave us one of their venues mm-hmm. so we weren't sort of operating independently in a pub the was that a, like a local advantage that since you were local they were yeah i feel they like they were more s- kind to you they saw there's some people who you know uh, uh, you, no one knows who they are and we're in a position where we can maybe we, well when we say they gave us a good opportunity it was a good space it was at 11 o'clock at night so everyone <laughs> had gone home to bed but <laughs> yeah. it was the idea we wouldn't lose money when we lost money Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, and so yeah, so we just did a we did a, a, a season in that okay uh, at the comedy festival, and it went rather well for us. We ended up getting nominated for one of the uh, for one of the awards that the show gives out. We didn't win, but we got nominated, which was amazing. We should have won. We sh- ah. I don't, don't even get us started. Um, uh, no, <laughs> but it was that 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 was the thing. Like we didn't go to sketch school. We didn't learn sketch or improv. We did a full, at the first time we had ever performed sketch was the full hour at the start of a 12 show run that was the first time we'd ever done yeah, sketch yeah how did that first show go not well <laughs> it was i mean better than uh, your what was your experience with it bro you've got a, a good experience of our very first time we performed. Well, my mum came to the first show <laughs> uh, ever, and we, we were like, "That's I, good, I, proud." Yeah, she was really supportive pride. and lovely. She's a lovely mm. lady, Leon Kelly. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's what seems to happen with the comedians that I know and the friends we've had. It seems like the first things you do are pretty fearless and pretty truthful. So the first show we did was probably way over the top and too far with a lot of the jokes, and really lost audiences for large sections of the show. But you know. Uh, my mum looked so upset. She was there at midnight after oh, the man. show, just really like, oh, no, what have you been spending the last six months doing? <laughs> I, I still remember the look on your mother's face. I remember looking into Broden's mother's eyes after that show and the next day calling my mum and just giving her an hour's worth of warning about how <laughs> offensive and horrible the show was going to be just so I wouldn't have to see that what did they? Face. What did they want you to... What did she want you to be doing that's, for a career? Did she? Was she supportive? My mum's super supportive. She just wants me to do whatever because that's the mm-hmm. thing. She looked really upset and she clearly was upset. But she said, oh, it was good. <laughs> so that's, that's the thing. And like, I guess it was one of those... Th- it was a point for me where... 
other people were coming and they weren't my mum. They were people who were my age who looked like me and they were really enjoying it. And I went, oh, hang on. I don't have to make things for anyone but myself because then other people will like that. It was an interesting point. Yeah. It's that. Yeah. yeah that, that, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to say like that first show, even that first run of shows, we didn't have an audience. We didn't know who the audience were. Um, the shows were filling up, but it was just kind of like family and friends and weirdos who were out at 11 o'clock at night and seeing something that they had no idea what it was. Right. So uh, it, was, it was strange when I think about it. Like now that we have an audience, we can kind of uh, get, get away with certain things or we can play to that or play against it or whatever. But mm-hmm. well, those first shows, we were just writing for us you know we still write for us but back then it was so purely for no one but but like the four people who were writing that show yeah absolutely yeah and like just we we our audience i don't think our audience saw us in that because we didn't have one you know what i mean no yeah well I, i think even just touching on what broden said just then i think that really resonated with me this idea that when you first start you think you have to do comedy for people and and for different audiences and all of that and exactly that like to see people in the audience that to see yourself in the audience is really confronting because Mm. it's like has someone cloned me or (laughs) sorry i probably was being a bit unclear there like i mean just you know the idea of someone who has a similar sense of humor to me i i quite literally mean there was about four or five zacks at the first show there was four or five clones of me in the, you don't remember, don't remember that, that at all? That was, it mom. was really confronting was, for I me. I was real drunk. I don't that, remember. That could be more of a genetic issue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, Potentially. Like one of the terminals. Could have been my sister could have put on a fake beard. Were, were you using video already at that point or no? Yeah. We well, had, we, yeah. No, go on. Oh, we had video in that show. Okay, in the first show. Yeah, but the only thing we'd uh, committed to YouTube which is all we ever thought the YouTube channel was going to be was were a, a couple of um, uh, trailers mm-hmm. that we made oh, okay, uh, right. to promote the, the, the live show. And that was always our thing, was that we'll use the YouTube channel to put trailers up to let people know when we're performing live. How long did it take before you realized you could or should be using YouTube for more? Well, about six months after that show, a friend of Mark's, uh, who we worked with the cable ac- the, like the community access channel in right. the area, said... If you'd like to make some stuff, you know, a couple of four-minute episodes for us just for fun, please feel free to. A few people had said to us, you should think about making some stuff. So mm-hmm. we said, oh, yeah, we'll do that. We made this little web series called Rumpus Room. It was okay. It was the first time we'd ever really shot anything. We shot it with our friend Max, who still shoots all that stuff today, and Tom, who does all that sound, was there that you know doing that. And uh, put it online. It was okay. People, friends were like, oh, yeah, okay. That'll be the end of that. <laughs> And then one day we uh, were working together and one of the videos went from about 400 views to 15,000. We went, what was that? We went on and sort of did a bit of searching, found out there was a website, some website called Reddit. <laughs> uh, we did a bit of research on Reddit. Found it was called the front page of the internet. Yes. And, uh, and then These from there... These are all true facts. Yeah. Mm. Uh, very, you know, it was, it was 130,000. <laughs> Oh, Which was video really? was that? Yeah, yeah, the first. Uh, it was uh, this one called um, uh, the episode. What's the ep- what was the episode called? Was it found Sweet out? Sweet love. Gay it was called Sweet Chris. Love. Oh. Yeah, no, it was found out I'm gay. Um, ah. Yeah, it was just like this this monologue that that I do, and it was the thing about it was that it was uh, about two and a half minutes into the episode, 
and they'd uh, linked it so that it started right at that sketch, not the start of the of the video, mm-hmm. because we had no idea what we were doing, and those those little bits were sort of made a bit more for TV. Um, but then we were told you could put them online, so mm-hmm. we just put it all online like okay. that. And then when we saw that people were linking, because then a few other videos went pretty well mm-hmm. online, and every time people would just link it to the bit in the video that they wanted to watch, and we're like, oh, that's how we should be doing YouTube. We should separate all the clips. And in know. how many of those videos were you dancing? Oh. <laughs> that many of the stuff. No, yeah, the dancing the came in later. <laughs> yeah. It sort of snuck in. Oh, okay. Yeah, the dancing was... Because uh, the, the videos I was watching this week, <laughs> there's quite there's a, a bit of dancing. dancing. Yeah. A lot of dancing. <laughs> there's quite a bit. I dancing. don't know how that happened, because I hate funny. dancing. And, uh, it's really funny. Yeah. It's so silly. I think the first video I watched was, what do you think of this? Ah, yeah. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's but then I clicked dancing. on some others, and there was dancing, and then I was like, <laughs> These guys don't do comedy. (laughs) Well, physical comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing for because there's no sort of because there's no tradition of sketch, if if Mm -hmm. if you will. um, We've been able to we've been given that the freedom to define what sketch means for ourselves and and define it ourselves. And I think when you there's no idea of what sketch should be or what sketch is. So I think for me at least, and I think for us, we think of sketch more as collage of, of. yeah. Anything and everything that'll make people laugh. Mm-hmm. So dance works, music works, songs works. For the most work. part, as well, we're rubbish writers. So <laughs> we, you know, we're like, oh, you know, we know if we dance, it's going to get a laugh. But if we try and do any sort of satirical structure, how, how much does a writing session uh, go? Pretty much according to the first few minutes of this podcast. Uh, uh, yeah. Is it pretty similar? Pretty, pretty similar. <laughs> Just kind of improvised tomfoolery. It would be that and going that first. 15 minutes of Tom Fuller, there was probably nine seconds of good stuff there. <laughs> yeah, well, like some, sometimes you have to. So just... you'll go back and listen to this later and go, oh, maybe the pizza. Yeah. You just got to improvise and improvise mm-hmm. and throw things out there. And then if you get one good joke, if you find one thing mm-hmm. in there that makes you laugh, then it's like, oh, that's the key. That's what's, that's the in for the idea. And then, you, and then we tend to sort of try and write around that. You know? Okay. Now, even though I'm uh, slightly older than the demographic and slightly more male than the demographic, I'm I'm vaguely familiar with the Janoskians. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who came out of Australia just before you guys? Yeah, we're came quite similar to them. Uh, my old roommate shot some videos when they came to America. Oh really? For, for their YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did you make? Did you learn anything from watching their uh, well, like, kind of rise? Uh, apart from being from the same city as them, I. I uh, I know they're, they're, where they're pushing people over and stuff. That like I know the hungry jacks that they stand at the front of and, and scream. <laughs> uh, well, um, I don't know. What do you guys reckon? I, I think it's one of those things. Like, there's some really cool YouTubers out there, but for us, a, a large part of it, like most of our influences, come from TV and film, just okay. because we're of that generation. Right. Those guys are a little bit younger than us. If I'm right, they're more of the YouTube generation. Yeah, yeah. Like they they grew up in YouTube, and it's really funny that we are like YouTube was the way that we found our audience, and I think we would never want to stop doing YouTube, even if we got TV opportunities, even if mm. we got film opportunities. We've sort of made a vow to keep doing YouTube, mm-hmm. just because it's the best way to do sketch. But it, it's it's sort of the way we release our content. It's not. Um, I think we should probably be more involved in the community, if that makes sense. But it's 
we we had no idea what we were doing. Yes. We, we weren't <laughs> we weren't YouTube kids. We weren't people that were watching YouTube and going, I want right. to do that. It was only when you saw everybody coming from Reddit that you realized, yeah. oh, we should be doing something. Yeah, well, yeah. like, we, we did something, <laughs> and, 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 like, we were always curious about, well, like, do we have a voice? And, and if we have a voice, you know, we want to spend time finding it. And um, do people want to listen to it, you know? And, and we were lucky in the sense that uh, the first thing that we did that we just put up on YouTube, and like I said, we didn't know to the point that it was best to separate the separate out the ideas, separate right. out the clips and make them standalone. We just put like these the chunks of four minutes on that had like three or four sketches right. in them, right? Which isn't really how people do sketch comedy <laughs> on YouTube, right? Um, we just put it up there. And we're just trying to figure it out as we went. And as soon as we found that people were like, wanted to hear what we were saying, mm-hmm. then we were like, well, then let's let's try and keep doing it. Let's let's try and keep giving that to them. Um, the Australian, this is not a joke. The Australian government sent us to uh, Los Angeles last year to go to YouTube school. Oh, uh, as they, there's a funding body in Australia called Screen Australia because there's no film industry in Australia mm-hmm. or a, a, a great lack thereof. Um, they have a funding New body. New Zealand has taken it off. They are. They, yes. they kick us. <laughs> um, so Oops. similar to Canada, I think they have something similar where right. they have a funding body which is there to garner new new mm. To support the arts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so they we used to have that here in America. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. what do you think of this? The Australian government paid for that. Yeah, and isn't that crazy? Wait, others. they paid for Donald Trump? No, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> but what do you think of this? <laughs> that video. Oh, the what do you think of this? Video. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So <laughs> they put us on a plane and sent us over, and they put us in. YouTube oh, that's what school. you learned in YouTube school. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. How yeah. to do, and you know how to make video shit. Mm-hmm. Like you know how to. I don't know. Like there's all the things, all the YouTube things you need to know. The things right. that the Janoskians would know, and that PewDiePie would would know. I guess. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of those things. Like it, it, our motto is whatever's funniest. Mm-hmm. That's why we'll dance, we'll sing, we'll do anything. Right. You know. Um. So for us the way we reach an audience is kind of irrelevant. Like whether, whether that's through a podcast or whether that's through like uh, a Facebook post or whether that's through TV or whether that's through, you know, whatever medium it is, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's about just being funny and, okay. and making people laugh. You've been to Edinburgh a few times now? Three times. Three mm-hmm. times, yeah. What have you learned from those experiences in terms of reaching new audiences who weren't familiar with you before now that you're you know coming to north america for a tour mm, yeah mm. what did you what have you learned from we, we three learned, times at the fringe yeah well three times that we learned how to win over a an alcohol uh riddled a man in a at mm-hmm. 3 a.m in the morning like that's that was that was something we had to learn how to do because particularly for sketch we <laughs> we've talked about we've there's been moments where i've been on stage at 3 a.m with these guys performing a little play <laughs> to very very rough Scots, and that's something we had to learn how to do. I think the main thing, I guess, for me is confidence and how yeah. to uh, how to do something, how to yeah. how to bear your soul a bit, mm-hmm. and uh, and still keep a thick skin. It's, it's it's very much like a like a like a band, you know, who uh, gets the opportunity to go out on the road and just play and play and play, and then at the end of that, you know, it's like uh, the Beatles in Berlin. You know, they just played and they played and they played and they got tight and they were doing like eight shows a day, just like smashing it out. Yeah. Edinburgh, especially our first Edinburgh, was like that for us. We were doing spots 
every day and then we'll, you know like we do like a five ten minute spot uh at 12 o'clock and then we fly out and then we do the show at 10 o'clock and then we do a spot after that so it was just relentless relentless performing by the end of it we just came out like really strong you know just like really capable you know right yeah yeah of like being able to kind of walk into anyone any any room with any audience and kind of make what we had work still rubbish writers though (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i think it's it, it it it's that thing about like uh stepping into onto a stage and if the audience is with you letting them determine what the show is letting them you know if the audience is ready to go then it's going to be a fun show they'll tell you if they want a loose show they'll tell you if they want a tight show they'll tell you if they're really tired they've seen three shows already and you've just got to lock down and and give them give them the scripted Mm. show and in edinburgh often they'll just yell that out during the show (laughs) (laughs) um I think it really teaches you to be responsive and 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 give them the show that they want, you know, and 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 yeah. Now I've seen both uh, Jim Jeffries and Tim Minchin mm. come on their first trips to America, and mm. that was like a decade ago. And it's taken them, you know, now they've have individual stature here. Mm. For this first tour, do you have any sort of expectations, or what? What is the approach going to? I want it to be, be in terms of like tackling the American. Um, okay. Is it is there is there a strategy to like tackling American audiences, or is it just oh we're just here to have fun? It's it's a, mm. like a big a big part of it um, is is coming over to say hi to people who have been watching us on YouTube for mm-hmm. five years uh, and getting the opportunity to show them sort of what we do live and just say hi to them that's that's one really big um important thing for us because we we've got such lovely fans we've got such an incredible fan base um it's not enormous but um uh, the people who tend to like us like like really care about us you know like they that's what that's how Mm. they make us feel uh so yeah a bit one big part of it is just coming over to say hello to those people which is really exciting i guess it's also just on a purely human level it's a once in a lifetime opportunity just we're doing a road trip across america doing comedy which we're just absolutely psyched about for a couple of yeah. kids from melbourne it's just a really exciting notion mm. we're doing like boston and chicago and going through canada and then down the west coast it's something i'm super excited for so it's deep dish pizza that's barbecue <laughs> that's uh poutine yeah. that's uh so many so, so many, many rough so, nights. <laughs> that 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 leads me back to my final question. I like to ask uh, people, you know, when you go back home, you know, you're at a mm. career day because now you're famous, <laughs> and people wanna people wanna follow in your footsteps now. What's the what's the first thing you would tell the young pizza pie makers in Melbourne <laughs> who actually wanna secretly wanna be in comedy and are. What was the first piece of advice you'd give them? Well, uh, the Conan lost his Tonight Show about the time that I started about the time I decided that I wanted to do comedy, Mm -hmm. and he made that famous speech on his last show where he said, "No one ever gets in life exactly what they want to get, but if you work really hard and are kind, amazing things will happen." No, nobody in life gets exactly what they think they're going to get, but if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen, and. By we're nowhere near the stratosphere of, of some of the com- comics you've had on this podcast or like, you know, Jim Jeffries or Tim Minchin, but 
what I can say is we've worked really hard for a few years now, and the things that have come from that uh, are things I'm really, really proud of. So I'd say that work really hard and and do your best. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it it takes time, you know. Don't mm. don't. Uh, I think work hard would have been was going to be the thing I was going to say. You know, work harder than. It, it looks like fun and it is fun on stage, but you have to put in the work to have fun on stage. You know, every single person that's really made it has worked their ass off and has worked for years. So that's a big thing. And and the other thing is um, uh, not to put pressure on any one moment, not to put pressure on any one part of your career. You know, if if one show doesn't do well, that's not the end of your career. If one season doesn't do well if one we were very lucky that the first comedy group we started became this you know but there mm. are people that make one group it doesn't work they they separate out they make another group it if that's what you want to do push work your ass off but but don't hold on to any idea of how you're going to make it mm. um yeah just keep working and and let the failures happen ride the failures yeah and, and like it's a it's a thing that um our, our second year teacher Ross Hall said to us but I, that I firmly believe which is find your find your people um, even if you're a stand-up uh, you don't have to go out and 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 do it on your own like um, find, find, find the other people like so much of uh, if you'd call what we have success uh, has come from the fact that we built a really good team we knew that we weren't great at everything, right? So, like, the the three of us, our strengths were in performing, or we felt our strengths were in performing. Dancing. In, and dancing. Yeah, I'm a um, dancer. But, you know, there was, another, there was another guy at uni, Sam, who really wanted to be a writer and did a lot of writing in in uni. So he came on board uh, as just a writer, and he still writes with us and directs our live shows. Um, we wanted the music to be a big part of what we did, so... Our friend Tom Armstrong, who's in a band called uh, Godwolf, uh, who's an incredible composer and an amazing music producer, writes all of our music, composes all of our music, and none of us knew how to shoot anything on film. So our friend Max Miller, who was training to be a director, um, who we all really liked his stuff, has shot and edited everything we've ever put up on film, ever. So we, we built a team of people who all could play to their strengths, and that has so much to do with with how how we've gone. Um, so I'd say that's a big thing. You find that's your people, thing. find your team, and um, even if you're a stand-up, write with other stand-ups. Pitch your things to other stand-ups. You know, like, like find your people, find the people you care about that you think are funny, that you think are great. And just force them to be your friends, and, and get someone else to design your poster if you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Good. No, it's all well. I'm I'm glad you found your people, and uh, I'm also glad that I'm one of the first people in America to say welcome to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Auntie Donna. Yeah. Auntie Donna. Bit of pleasure. Thank you for having us. Thank Thanks. you. Cheers. Cheers, man. Bye. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. The music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening.
last things first.